Hey everybody, welcome to the Street Profits Podcast, episode 10. I'm your host Luke and I'm excited to be here with you today. Uh, we're just flipping the script here a little bit today, folks. We're going to do things a little different and I'm excited to give it a shot. Uh, as, uh, we're starting to get more fan mail and stuff coming in and all that greatness. Um, you know, we've been doing stories and things of that name, different parables in the Bible and how it relates to our lives and how uh, different scripture affects us and everything, but we're... Uh, we're going to do it a, a little bit different today, and we're going to hit some of these questions up. I'm excited, and uh, hopefully the, you know, the ultimate goal of this podcast is to uh, help reach as many hearts and minds as, as we can um, to try to deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? That's our ultimate goal here, and uh, with that being said, what better way than to answer questions that are directly coming from fans and and help them better understand how I feel about my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'll be honest with you, some of these questions are uh, a doozies. Uh, matter of fact, I, I went through and picked the ones that I honestly thought were the hardest ones for me to answer um, because I figured they have the greatest chance of impacting someone on the show today. Um, so the first question, and uh, I'm not, I'm going to leave names out of it because it really doesn't matter who sent them. I just, want to keep that between me, them, and Jesus, you know what I mean? Uh, so, <coughs> excuse me, uh, what do you say to people when they ask you or when you are asked about why do bad things happen to good people and vice versa? And uh, an example of that would be why do kids get cancer? Okay, well, um, first of all, way to hit me with the hardest question that uh, someone can ask uh, someone who has faith in uh, in Jesus. Um so let's just use that example. Why why do kids get cancer? Um, well, unfortunately, I cannot sit here and tell you a definitive reason why bad things happen to good people, why kids get cancer. There's no chapter or verse for why kids get cancer in the Bible. If there would, I would definitely go straight to that because the Bible is the Word of God, and that Word of God is how it's supposed to guide us and shape us in our lives, right? And well, one of those things that, uh, one of the things that comes out of the Word of God, out of the Bible, comes in John 10.10 10, that uh, says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So we have, to, we have to face some facts in this world. One of those things is there is evil. It does exist. It is coming after us, you know, and uh, why exactly that is? I can't tell you, but I can tell you that is a fact because it is in the Bible. It is the Word of God, right? So that's something that we have to weigh into consideration when we think about um, these things and why something like why kids have cancer. On the flip side of that, right, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God and all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, right? So we also know that God uses all things for his glory, right? So you go, how, how can a kid dying of cancer bring glory to God? Well, um, for those of us who are believers that have to dig deeper into their own faith to get through a time like that, it 100% brings glory to God. It brings eyes back to the Father, right? That's one example. Uh, another example is uh, the good that could come out of a, a child dying of cancer who 
who has met a family that had had a tragedy like this happen and then decided they were going to give uh, extra money to St. Jude's research, right, to help who, who, what doctors work at St. Jude's that, you know, had a childhood friend that died of cancer and decided that they were going to pledge their whole life to destroying something as evil as childhood cancer. These are good works that come out of something that's even so dark and so tragic. And as tragic as these things are, we have to acknowledge that these good works come from them. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm so sorry. I'm having trouble, trouble clearing my throat today. Um, another thing that we're, uh, we need to acknowledge and recognize with this, and it's very important, is that perspective is everything. So we, we look at a, a, a child dying of cancer as a tragedy, and yes, it is. But for someone, for someone that's a parent like myself, I have to go back and really think about, and this is impossible for a parent to think of in the process. So don't, do not think that I'm as insensitive as to, as to say that this is how a parent should think in the moment. But for us thinking outside of the picture itself, the only thing we can do for a parent that's dealing with something as, as terrible as a, as a child dying of cancer is to love on them and to grieve with them and to pray for them and, and to just pray for God to be with them every step of the way. Um, we, we talk about, we talk about this though, from a perspective of a parent, I, I have a son, a six year old little boy. I love him with every fiber of my being, right? Uh, which helps me realize how great of a sacrifice God's sacrifice for us was in putting his son on the cross. I don't like when my son gets a splinter and he's hurt. If I see one tear in my son's eye, I get heartbroken. So imagine watching your son be sacrificed for a bunch of sinners. Like that just shows you the deepness and love that God has for every single one of us. But back to my point, no one wants to see their child suffer because they love them so much. But at the same time, that's because you love your child so much and it's such a, your child is such a gift to you. So if you had to sit down and have a conversation with God, if you had to say, uh, your child dying of cancer at, at a certain age um, was a something that you could bargain with him with. So God, I, I, you know, don't want this, this, that, or the other. And uh, God replied to you, would you have rather had him for the time you had him? Or would you have rather not had him at all? And a lot of people in a, in a sinister mindset would say, well, I wouldn't feel this pain and, and I would have never felt the love of having a child if I would have never had him at all. But anyone who's ever lost a loved one <clears throat> and you ask them, would, what would they do for one more day with their, with their significant other? What would they do for one more hour? And the overwhelming majority of answers will come to you. People will say, I would do anything to have that one more day or one more hour. And, what, and that obviously is the greatest gift. You're willing to do anything. It's the greatest gift. So if one day... Or one hour is the greatest gift. What was that? What was that time you had with your child? It was a gift. It was a gift from God. It might not have been as as long as we wanted or what we wanted, but that's not in our our decision making. It's not. It's in God's. And that's just a simple flip in perspective of what we're talking about here. But like I said, just to remind everybody, the the best thing we can do for someone that is dealing with the, the tragedies that can sometimes happen in this life is to pray with them, 
and to love on them and to let them know that you're here and that God's here and that we're going to get through it together. And that's the only way as believers we should be coming at someone who's going with something like this. This is how we take care of our faith and believers, and we dig back into the Word of God because I promise you it might not be written in black and white like a rule book, but the answers are in the book. Okay, on to the next question. So, and this is a follow-up question to the original question. How does it challenge your faith in God when tragedies happen in your life? Well, um, there's two different ways that uh, a believer can can let these type of tragedies affect them. It can be a wedge to be driven between God and themselves, which is exactly what Satan wants because he's come, come to steal your joy and push you farther from the Father. Right, Or it's a time where you can double down and dig deeper into your relationship with Jesus Christ. I thought back when I was thinking about this question, and I do have some, some scripture here um, to, to prove my point, but there was an old, I don't know, you don't see them anymore, but there used to be these signs that people had, and they would have them, like, I think every grandmother in America had one in their house, uh, where it said footsteps. And it was always like a picture of like a beach and you could see people's uh, footsteps in the sand. And there's a story about someone that died and they're looking back on their life like it was a journey. And they're, and they're talking with God and say, God, every time that there was trouble in my life, I only see one set of footsteps. Why did you leave me every time something bad happened? And God's response to him in the, in the story there is always that it wasn't that I left you. That was me carrying you. Right. And that's a very valuable perspective when we have God with us and we, and we love him and we're faithful to him and we, and we dig deeper into his word and praise and fellowship and prayer. God carries us when we cannot carry ourselves. He gets us through these times. I cannot tell you how many times I pray God can, Carry me through because I, I, I can't finish this race on my own. None of us can. doesn't matter how strong you are. Life will find a way to put you on your knees. And when you're there, you better pray. You better pray hard because God's going to be there to pick you back up and carry you through. And that's, that, that is the best way I could answer this question. You know, that God is there to pick you up when you cannot carry yourself anymore. So I also have written down here John 14, 18. John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, right? So just another example in the Word of God of how God won't leave us, no matter what. God, God won't leave us. You know, we talked about in a previous episode, the, the prodigal son. God's right there waiting on us. Second we decide to come back, he comes running to us. God is with you all the time. So he will carry you through these tragedies. I also have down here Mark 4, 35 through 41, and this is a little bit longer, so bear with me. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and uh, other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we were perishing? 
And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and and there was great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even he... Uh, even the wind and sea obey him. So when we have these challenges in our faith, you know, we have to remember at all times that we have an almighty and all-powerful God that is working for us, that is helping us, that is with us, that is carrying us through those hard times. And when we lose sight of that, we let fear creep in. Fear is the devil. Fear is Satan trying to push us away from the things that we use. It's one of his greatest tools. You know, if you if you feel yourself trying to go after something and you feel like it's a godly vision and that you're working in the will of God, you will see fear. It will come. But I'm telling you, when that time comes, you have to rebuke it. You have to say, no, my God is with me. My God is stronger, and I will make it through. And pray for that. Pray for that peace. Pray for that peace that God's got you, and you don't have to worry about it. All right, third and final question for today, because this is not easy. Uh, We're going to go through and go with this one. Uh, Non-believers use coincidence where believers use faith uh, when certain things happen in our lives. How do you tell the coincidence people that their coincidence is actually the Almighty? Well, um, once again, I, I have to go back to the Bible, right, in the, in the Word of God. And it uh, says here in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, so it says over and over and over again in the Bible that God, God has plans for us. God's going to take care of us. And uh, those plans, they have to be greater than coincidence. I cannot sit here and speak for everyone when I say this, but in my life, I know that there are too many things that have happened that are way, way too unique to be just coincidence. Too many things lined up, too many things happened. And if most people take an honest look at themselves and go, wow, how did this one thing happen that I needed when I needed it, at the exact time I needed it, the exact person I needed it helped me to be exactly where I needed to be in the place I needed to be at the time. It's too much. <clears throat> it's too much. Um, we all have to recognize that, that these things happen, but the hardest part about that is that if someone is closed-minded to God, they're not even open to the opportunity. But if my computer's making noises today, folks, I apologize, being a grumpy. Um, driving me nuts, actually. Uh, but back to the business of God, Jesus himself, uh, we have the best thing we can do for people who don't believe in this regard is to, is, is to help point out the coincidence. You know, help, help show them that these things are, 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 not, are too complex. They're too of extreme of a coincidence to not be of some sort of divine nature. We, uh, it happens to everyone. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of one particular instance off the top of my head, uh, for myself. And, uh, I'm having trouble here on, on the cuff. I haven't had any coffee yet this morning and that's probably why. Um, but 
there they have happened numerous numerous times in my life where I needed something and I, I needed something bad I was in the worst way and and something happened I, I know that I've dealt with some trials here recently where um, I've had real questions about my life and my future and what I'm supposed to do and uh, in those times the uh, I ask God over and over again, just show me a sign. Show me something to let me know that I'm doing the the right thing you want here. I, I have my own thoughts. I have my own desires, and I feel like those are good, and I want them to be what God wants for me. But at the same time, uh, I know what God wants for me ultimately is the best, and I'm okay with that too. So I, I, I look for signs and signals of him telling me, you know, and pray for signs and signals to, to show that he has me on the right path. And pretty regularly, every time I start to get off that path or I start to think, well, maybe my will isn't God's will, then something happens that brings me back. And uh, they're small, small signs, and uh, but they are things that happen that make me go, okay, okay, I'm here. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to let this thing play itself out. And that's uh, those are things that happen that, that just help reinforce to people that already believe that, that, that life is not all coincidences. Sure, there's, there are things that happen because of free will um, of individuals that um, can, make things, can make things happen. That, that's obviously the case. Someone right now that can you know, as a non-believer or a believer, it decides that they just want to go off and do their own thing. That's free will. That happens. And, uh, you know, can you say that's in God's plan? Yeah, he, he knew us from before birth. So sure. But at the same time, um, those plans, those plans adjust God, God's will for our lives. He, he's, he's almighty. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. So he's going to make sure that, that, what he ultimately wants gets done in this situation. I mean, it's already done. It's already done. He's already brought back. He's already brought back Jesus and, and sacrificed him for our sins. And that is def- defeated the devil, you know, has defeated Satan. One, there will be a final battle in revelation where he comes back and defeats Satan in the actual battle, but the, the battle's won. It's done. It's already happened. That sacrifice defeated evil and we just got to sit around praying and worship until it all ends folks and that's really what it's all about so i'm gonna go ahead and end this bad boy in prayer but i just want to thank everyone for uh making it to episode 10 of the street prophets podcast and we're hoping to get hoping to get into the into the thousands and thousands of episodes here as we continue to move on and bring glory to god and help reach people all over the world to help them know the love of Jesus Christ. So that in this in prayer, dear heavenly father, <clears throat> thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. Thank you for being with us and helping us and carrying us through those hard times when we ourselves cannot carry ourselves. Lord, thank you for being by our side, Lord. Thank you for opening our eyes to you. Lord, thank you for giving us the ability to talk to all these people, Lord, for everyone listening. Lord, I pray for protection over them. I pray if they haven't met you as their Lord and Savior that they open the eyes of their heart and they see you. 
And they run back to the Father with so much joy and love, and it changes their life, Lord. I pray this in your almighty and all-powerful name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.